Welcome to Palliative Perspective, a podcast produced by the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association. Each episode will explore important topics from the field of hospice and palliative care to preserve our history, explore current challenges, find inspiration from our patients, create connections within our field, and peek into the research that shapes our future. Whether you're a seasoned nurse, a nursing student, or simply interested in the field of hospice and palliative care, we're glad you're here. Let's get started. folks and welcome to the Palliative Perspective. I'm your host, Erin Holder. Today we have a very special guest who has accomplished some remarkable things during her career. She is actively the health policy specialist for the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association and I'm beyond excited to have her here on the show. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Sarah Potter. Hi Sarah, thanks for being here. Hi Erin, thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad that you were able to make some time to come and join us today. So I was just curious if you'd be able to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and what your role is within the HBNA. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, welcome everyone. My name is Sarah Potter. I joined HPNA last November uh, in a fairly new role for the organization. I'm the health policy specialist. And here at HPNA, I serve as the liaison between our lobbying team in Washington, D.C. and our members across the country. And we're building up our advocacy engagement program so that members are aware of the great things we're working on at the federal level and what we um, and that we're building our capacity to provide them the tools to be effective advocates at the state and national levels. I also work with our lobbying team to tell the stories of our members and make sure that policymakers are informed about the impact their decisions make on clinicians and the communities they serve. Wow, uh, that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, You have a really rich background. So I was also wondering um, what led you to begin working specifically for the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association? Sure. I came to HPNA um, after working for many years on healthcare policy and advocacy communications. First, I was a staffer on Capitol Hill, and later I developed advocacy campaigns for a number of organizations. I worked on quality improvement for hospitals during passage of the Affordable Care Act, scope of practice and access issues for the Pew Charitable Trusts on Children's Dental Health, And a large part of the policy expertise I've built has been in the areas of Medicare, Medicaid, the uninsured workforce, and children's health. We definitely need more people like you that are willing to be the voice for some of our disenfranchised populations. So thank you again for sharing all of that. Um, What was it like working um, on Capitol Hill? Yeah, so uh, some of my colleagues probably don't even know this, but I started working on Capitol Hill when I was still in high school. Um, I was a page in the U.S. Senate for six months from my home state of Vermont, and that's where I became really passionate about the policy process. And after college, I moved to Washington, D.C., where I worked on Capitol Hill as a legislative and communications staffer. It was an amazing experience and one I think of often, almost every day. It was incredibly busy. I drank a lot of coffee and I learned so much. I started in the office of a congresswoman representing Kansas City, Missouri. And when she didn't run for re-election, as many people know, there's not much job security when you work on the Hill. 
Uh, I moved over to the Senate side where I was the deputy press secretary for the Homeland Security Committee, uh, where I worked directly with Senator Joe Lieberman, who was just a really wonderful person to work for um, and a real leader. Our committee wrote the legislation that implemented the 9-11 Commission recommendations and reformed the intelligence community, and it became law in less than a year. So it was a very busy time. There were many late nights, but it was incredible to see the legislative process firsthand from start to finish. And I got to work with some incredible people who were so skilled at policy, strategy, and advocacy. That said, I'm really glad my time on the Hill was early in my career. It would have been pretty tough to balance with having a family and other commitments. So it's just hard to find time for anything else when you do that sort of work. Yeah, that's totally fair. It sounds a lot like it was a very intense period of your life, but that's fascinating and not really something that I've ever put much thought into personally. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that and also for all the work that you've done. Um, so how does that tra experience translate into your current position? Yeah, my experience on Capitol Hill really gave me an understanding of what the process is like at the national level and how members of Congress and their staffers think about policy issues. The advocacy campaign work on health policy that I did after I left the Hill was both challenging and inspiring. And at times it was incredibly frustrating. Affecting policy change can take decades. And it's often hard to see the bigger picture and feel you're making an impact. All of these experiences inform my work for HPNA, both in educating our members on how they can engage in advocacy and also in the work we do to support certain pieces of legislation or federal regulations or address some of the issues our members are facing in their daily work. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And it sounds like you have a great background that then translates super well into the work that you're doing now. Um, what I will say is that generally speaking, people don't tend to just come directly into hospice and palliative care without a reason. So I was wondering what makes you passionate about hospice and palliative care? Yeah, that has absolutely been my experience. I think all of us working in this field have a personal story about hospice and palliative care. Um, I actually knew very little about either until about five years ago when my father-in-law entered hospice at the VA in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Um, it was an incredible experience for our family and very peaceful and comforting. And it was especially lovely to have our six-month-old son with us the whole time. Uh, my father-in-law had told us that meeting his grandson was more wonderful than he'd ever imagined. He he met him just about a month before he passed away. And it was so special for us to have him there. And we had our son at the beginning of his life and my father-in-law at the end of his life um, and just being in the same room and being able to stay there and just be with him until the end was just a wonderful experience. Um, I knew after that, that I wanted to be involved in hospice and palliative care in some way in the future. And I thought maybe I'd volunteer. I wasn't really sure. Um, and I'm so grateful that an opportunity came along for me to bring my advocacy and policy experience to work on these issues um, because they they are so important. And I'm, I'm really, I've been really passionate about them ever since that, that experience. 
Wow. I'm so glad that you had such a great experience with hospice and palliative care. I think that anyone that works in the industry is very aware of what a good death looks like. And it seems to me that that is what you experienced. And Absolutely. even more, oh, I'm sorry, um, even more remarkable that you then are able to translate that into your life work. So thank you. And I'm so glad that you decided to join this field. I am too. So uh, in terms of the changes that you're hoping to see in the future, um, how do you envision that happening or what exactly do you hope to see in the hospice and palliative field in the coming years? Yeah, uh, from a public policy perspective on a basic level, I think there needs to be much more awareness and understanding of what hospice and palliative care actually is and why improving access to it is so important. I would love to see more support of research into hospice and palliative care, particularly on workforce issues. So we have more of a research base to support our advocacy work. And I'm also hopeful that policymakers will continue to address the barriers that keep advanced practice providers from practicing to the full extent of their education and training. So those are just some of the, the things um, that I would love, love to see, at least from the policy side. I think that that would be super exciting. And it seems to me that you certainly are one of the people that are taking the reins on making that change. Um, I know that a portion of your job is incorporating HBNA members to get involved in policy change. So how exactly does that happen? Sure. Um, well, we're engaged in a number of policy efforts that are already addressing these challenges. We are part of three national coalitions, um, the Patient Quality of Life Coalition, the National Coalition Hospice and Palliative Care, and the Nursing Community Coalition. Um, but what we really need is advocates to tell their stories and show the lawmakers the amazing work they're doing in their communities. Putting a face on this issue is so important when we work with policymakers who have many obligations and are addressing so many issues. Um, so there are a number of ways members can get involved. Um, the easiest way is to visit the Action Center on HPNA's website to sign up for our advocacy email list. We send out updates on legislative actions and our coalition efforts, um, as well as calls to action for our members to engage on key issues. So we currently have two calls to action out. One is on the Palliative Care and Hospice Education and Training Act, PACHITA. And the other one is on the Improving Care and Access to Nurses Act, which would eliminate barriers in Medicare and Medicaid. And it also allows APRNs to certify for hospice care. We also have a state ambassadors program. So members can apply to be a state ambassador if um, there's not one already from their state. We currently have almost 40. Um, we meet quarterly, we share updates from the states and we discuss what is happening at the federal level. We also have a new public policy special interest group that is spearheaded by two of our state ambassadors. You can access that through our website and members are engaging there in discussions of policy issues and sharing information. Uh, most recently, we've started compiling all the advanced care planning documents for all the states and folks are sharing those so that they can see um, the differences. They vary very widely among the states. Um, and so folks can look at what one state is doing and, and propose changes in their states. 
And we're also developing more materials and resources. We're going to have an advocacy toolkit on the website soon and an advocacy course that we're working on right now that will be made available for continuing education credit. Those sound fantastic. I'm glad that there's so many avenues that people can get involved. And truthfully, if there's one takeaway that our listeners can take to heart from that, it's that you can help be the change that creates a better tomorrow. Um, so as nurses, healthcare workers, providers, we're the ones that see firsthand the impact that palliative and hospice services provide for patients and families. So we can certainly be the ones that advocate and educate to help dismantle the stigma surrounding hospice and palliative care. And we can be the ones that help standardize care and extend its impact and availability. So thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing the ways that we can get involved. I think that it's so important. Absolutely. And um, i like to tell a lot of our members that nurses already are wonderful patient advocates. So they are natural at telling these stories. And um, we really want to collect them, this, these many stories, the impact they're having in their communities and get the word out and, and share these positive um, stories with, with policymakers. I totally agree. I feel like from an anecdotal standpoint, having the people that are seeing this firsthand are the ones that are going to be able to make that change for policymakers. Um, so I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show so we could talk about that a little bit more. Um, on, on the more fun end, what is the, the most exciting aspect of your job? Yeah, um, absolutely. I love working with our members. Uh, hearing about that work and seeing how passionate they are about these issues is really inspiring. Um, and it is so helpful to our advocacy team as we work to find solutions to many of these issues. It, it gives us the understanding of how policy change actually impacts the people doing the work. Um, and we have great members and I just love talking to them on a regular basis. I love that. Thank you. Um, before we wrap up the show today, I will definitely say that hospice and palliative care as, as a whole can be a really challenging field to work in, but it also can be incredibly rewarding. So I was curious because obviously you do some incredibly important work. Um, what's something that you do to energize yourself to continue doing this important work? Sure. Uh, well, connecting to nature has always been something that's really grounding for me, and I am really lucky I have a window in my office that overlooks some beautiful tall trees, so I can easily take breaks just to take in the view. Um, but I also love getting outside for hikes, especially in the fall. It's my favorite season. Um, and I've also been practicing yoga since I was in college and um, focusing on my breath and the present moment has been a huge part of my life. So those are just a few of the things that I like to do, but mindfulness is, has been really key for me. I totally agree. I think that mindfulness is one of the most important things that we can do to make sure that we minimize burnout in this field. So I'm glad that that's something that you've implemented for yourself. And it sounds like you have some really wonderful uh, coping mechanisms and ways to help you continue doing this. Um, yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. And I'm, I'm just so excited that you have been taking matters into your own hands and making sure that our members are able, able to help change the world for the better. So thank you again. And um, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found our discussion informative and engaging. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support what we do, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe for future episodes. 
This helps us to continue to build our audience of listeners and dive deeper into the world of hospice and palliative nursing to bring you more insightful interviews. Have an idea for a future episode? Send us an email at info at hbna.org. For more resources on hospice and palliative nursing, be sure to visit us at www.hbna.org.